Men are typically slow to take action when it comes to their personal health. That's where the women in their lives come in. Often when men present to the emergency department with an acute condition, they usually have someone else in their lives, whether it's a sister, mother, aunt, daughter, <laughs> bringing them to the hospital because many men are a little bit more reluctant to take care of themselves from a prevention perspective the way that they should. That's Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois Vice President and Chief Medical Officer, Dr. Derek Robinson. I'm Monica Fox, Director of Outreach and Government Relations for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois, and your host for this episode of The Journey Continues. Today, Dr. Robinson will share some of the amazing work that Blue Cross Blue Shield is doing in the community to encourage wellness and particularly men's health. This episode is sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Dr. Robinson, you've got a very interesting background. Please share some of your history with us leading up to becoming the Vice President and Chief Medical Officer of Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. Monica, thank you for having me today. It's a pleasure to be with you and with the audience and partnering with the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. Again, I am Dr. Derek Robinson. My clinical background is, is in emergency medicine. I'm an emergency medicine physician uh, with two decades of experience, and I do have the privilege of serving as the Vice President and Chief Medical Officer here at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois. Uh, and again, we're really excited to partner with the National Kidney Foundation and a talk today about the importance of kidney health. So Blue Cross Blue Shield is one of the best known private insurance companies in Illinois. We can't help but notice that you have several Blue Door community centers. What's the purpose and mission of the community centers? So our Blue Door neighborhood centers are nestled in several communities across the Chicago area. It was a vision of our leadership to have that physical presence in the community to help improve accessibility to healthcare navigation services. And so we have individuals who are located in those offices who are available to individuals who live in the communities to help provide them with education uh, regarding various medical conditions, as well as things that individuals can do to maintain their health and also to help them navigate the healthcare system when needed. And one of the really important take-home messages about our Blue Door Neighborhood Centers is that they're open to everyone, and that includes individuals who do not have Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois as their insurance carrier. I've had a chance to spend time at a number of our centers. I get really excited when I see our seniors show up there, for example, for their Zumba exercise classes. And many organizations also use those community centers for uh, meeting locations for various uh, organizations. So we're really excited to have that physical presence and to continue to be a really strong partner with communities across the city of Chicago and across the state of Illinois. That is so helpful. So many people need help navigating the healthcare system and so many people just need somewhere to go, especially for fun stuff like yoga and Zumba and that kind of thing. So we are so fortunate that those neighborhood centers are there. When I look around the community and on social media, I also see Blue Cross Blue Shield present and active with the Blue Care Van. Is this due to some kind of change in healthcare or health insurance strategies? Well, our Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Illinois Care Van has been a staple of the Illinois community for many years. We partner with health departments, across the state to help advance access to 
vaccines and immunizations. So certainly as we move into the back to school uh, period of the year, you'll see our caravan crisscrossing the state participating in events to help ensure our kids are ready to go back to school and they're getting their vaccinations. But we also leverage the caravan as a mobile uh, community engagement point where we're able to come into communities, provide education about various health conditions like chronic kidney disease, uh, and also help uh, partner with local healthcare organizations to advance screenings and early detection. So we are excited to continue that really important work as part of our community outreach strategy that we've had for many years and will continue to do going forward. That is wonderful. Now, as an emergency room physician, what is your view of kidney disease? You must see a lot of that in your day-to-day role as an ER physician. Chronic kidney disease, unfortunately, is is very common. And I'll tell a a personal story. Um, About 10 years ago uh, in my Southside community, we noticed that there was new construction at an intersection. And so my wife and I got really excited because we thought maybe a new restaurant was coming to the community. But it was not a new restaurant. It was a new hemodialysis center, which was really a signal to us and a reminder of the prevalence of chronic kidney disease in the community and end-stage renal disease. And so certainly as an emergency medicine physician, I have the privilege of taking care of many patients that are living with chronic kidney disease and with end-stage renal disease. And one of the things that has surprised me over the years is the increased number of young people that we see coming in with chronic kidney disease and end-stage renal disease, individuals in their late 20s and early 30s. That is alarming, but it is a reminder of the fact that some of the major drivers of chronic kidney disease and even the early stages of chronic kidney disease come without symptoms. And so we see the progression of this condition in folks who feel fine and uh, are, are living their lives. And unfortunately, when it's not detected early and folks aren't being treated appropriately, we end up with the consequences which are not good for young people. So who is most at risk for kidney disease? Well, let's talk about the kidneys and kidney disease. First, let me say that each individual is typically born with two kidneys, and the kidneys are connected to your uh, blood system. And part of uh, their function is to filter waste and toxins uh, out of the blood. And and then as a result, your kidneys produce urine. They also have a really important role in balancing your body's level of potassium and sodium and other nutrients. And it also stimulates the bone marrow to produce red blood cells. And it also plays a role in regulating blood pressure. So when we talk about chronic kidney disease in the simplest terms, we're talking about a state where the kidneys are not functioning properly. And in some instances, you can have a temporary injury to the kidneys that might result from dehydration or an episode of infection or a temporary use of medications. But when we talk about chronic kidney disease, we're talking about typically a slow progressive decline in kidney function, which happens over time and is also irreversible and usually in those early stages occurs without symptoms. So again, that's why prevention is important and early detection is important when we talk about kidney disease. Let me first say that no one is immune from chronic kidney disease, but there are some major drivers or friends of chronic kidney disease that we often see. Uncontrolled high blood pressure is one and uncontrolled diabetes is another. And those are unique because those two conditions can have a very bad effect on tiny or small blood vessels. 
And the kidneys are comprised of many tiny, small blood vessels. That's where the exchange of waste and sodium and potassium and other things in and out of the bloodstream and into the urine occurs. And so when you have uncontrolled high blood pressure, it damages those tiny blood vessels. When diabetes and blood sugar levels are not controlled well, they also cause some damage to those really tiny blood vessels. So when one or both of these conditions are happening over time, we begin to see that progression in chronic kidney disease. Also, individuals who are in advanced age, so over the age of 60, uh, carry a higher risk of chronic kidney disease. And there are some conditions, uh, autoimmune conditions, uh, like lupus, for example, or the prolonged use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs or NSAIDs like ibuprofen or naproxen can also lead to uh, damage to the kidneys. And other conditions like obesity and, and kidney stones can also contribute to chronic kidney disease. So these are some of the co-conspirators in chronic kidney disease that we uh, typically see. But at the top of my list, high blood pressure and diabetes are major, major challenges. So what people should hear from that is it's really important to control their high blood pressure and diabetes if they're diagnosed with that. It is. And, and frequently, when we think about folks in our families and our communities, many of them have a number of the things that I've talked about. They may have a little bit of high blood pressure, a little bit of diabetes, a little bit of obesity. And then lurking in the background is this progression of the chronic kidney disease uh, as well. And you can't really unwind that chronic kidney disease uh, when it occurs. And just as we talk with folks about their blood pressure not being controlled, and they say, hey, I feel perfectly fine. Why should I be taking actions to improve my blood pressure through exercise or diet or medications? Similarly, in those early stages of chronic kidney disease, we can see the same thing. So health literacy, education, awareness, prevention, early detection, all these things are, are so important. And we do see a higher prevalence of chronic kidney disease in many of our minoritized populations, like the Black or African-American community, Latino community, and our Native American community as well. And it's not because of a genetic predisposition or racial predisposition, but we really talk about uh, the social determinants of health and the social influencers of health. And so we know that access to care is important. Many of the drivers of access, transportation, health insurance, coverage, and equity in healthcare delivery and the quality of care that's delivered is important as well. And in so many of these communities, we don't see the same access to some of those drivers. And therefore, we end up seeing a higher prevalence of chronic kidney disease and people being diagnosed at a more advanced stage. So I think it's important to understand the, the risk factors, but also be able to differentiate those risk factors from some of the things that are, are drivers uh, as well. Oh, that's all such important information that you just shared with us. What is Blue Cross Blue Shield trying to do to promote kidney health? Education is really important. So we're trying to partner with our healthcare providers and our public health departments across the state to help advance education around chronic kidney disease, working with nonprofit organizations like the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. Together, we can make a big difference in educating our communities, really advancing prevention, uh, as well as early detection. And then we're also leveraging opportunities like the presence of our caravan in various communities to help have some of those screenings for risk factors occur. And here are some of the things we typically uh, would screen for. 
at our health fair. One is we'd help individuals get a urine test or urinalysis, just simply to look at the urine and see if there are any issues there. An A1C check, which looks at your blood sugar, the average blood sugar over a three-month period to get a sense for whether there's some progression towards diabetes or how well that diabetes is being controlled, as well as a finger stack for glucose. Also check blood pressure, because again, we know that uncontrolled blood pressure is a major driver of chronic kidney disease, and many individuals don't know that they have it. And also checking for the BMI and waist circumference to understand that as being a potential risk factor as well. You know, one of the things that is striking when we hear it is that one in seven, one in seven U.S. adults has chronic kidney disease. It's about 35 million people. That's a lot. And 90% of those don't know that they have chronic kidney disease, just as many of the individuals who have prediabetes don't know that they have prediabetes and many individuals who have hypertension are not aware that they have hypertension as well. So this conversation that we're talking about, education, prevention, early detection are extremely, extremely important. Yes. And we feel very fortunate to partner with you guys. And we're looking forward to partnering with you in Springfield at the State Fair where the Blue Care Van will be and the Kidney Mobile will be. We will be doing those screenings that you just listed for comprehensive kidney screenings. And what other testing and offerings will there be available at in Springfield? So we're happy to partner with you all. Again, we will be in Springfield for the State Fair. We encourage everyone in the community to come out and join us. We'll be there on Sunday, August 13th, as well as Monday, August 14th. Uh, There again with the Kidney Foundation of Illinois providing screenings. And we also have a partnership with the Illinois Department of Public Health and an Illinois Department of Aging uh, Men's Summit where we'll be doing screening to get men out. And so again, many things I talked about earlier, A1C check, glucose check, blood pressure monitoring uh, will be some of the things that we will be uh, leveraging there to help uh, advance screening and help advance prevention. Why is it important to focus on men's health? I can tell you as an emergency medicine physician that often when men present to the emergency department with a acute condition, they usually have someone else in their lives, whether it's a sister, mother, aunt, daughter, bringing them to the hospital because many men are a little bit more reluctant to take care of themselves from a prevention perspective the way that they should. Um, And I think in our society, I think we do a much better job working with girls, young women, older women with regard to all the different screenings that they should have over the course of their lives. But often men kind of fall through the cracks. And so we want to ensure that we are focused on both those things that are important to men from a screening perspective, but also addressing some of the stigma around uh, going to the doctor and getting your screenings done, and really just addressing some of the important connections between health and wealth. And so if you think about some of the bravado and men being breadwinners in the family and that kind of thing, well, if you're not healthy, you can't be a breadwinner, right? So it's important to ensure that you're able to be present and work and be healthy so that you can support your family and support yourselves. And so take a unique approach to partnering with our communities to ensure that we're getting the right education uh, to the men in our communities to ensure that they can stay healthy. Will you be offering the free colon testing? We have uh, launched an important uh, initiative to advance uh, colorectal cancer screening. We have been passing out fit kits which are an opportunity for individuals to submit a stool test 
that will help screen them for colorectal cancer. So certainly individuals who are in the age range for screening should be screened. Some of you may know that the typical screening age for colorectal cancer started at age 50, and several years ago that uh, screening age was moved down to the age of 45. So colorectal cancer screening begins at age 45. There are several methods for screening that can occur, uh, which can be the traditional colonoscopy, the FIT test uh, is an option, Cologuard is an option, and others. I certainly want to ensure that individuals are getting a screen because, again, like chronic kidney disease, prevention and early detection is really important with colorectal cancer uh, screening. So encourage people to come out, talk with our staff that are there with the Caravan, understand what type of resources we have available. We're your partners in the community, and we certainly want to help promote health to everyone. Are there symptoms associated with colon cancer? With colorectal cancer, it can also begin with no symptoms. Uh, often colorectal cancer will start as a, a polyp, which you can imagine something kind of small as the, the tip of my finger. The advantage to early screening and colorectal cancer is that through a colonoscopy, you can actually see a polyp and actually remove a precancerous polyp early. Not all polyps are cancerous, but some are precancerous. And by removing a polyp, you eliminate the cancer. And so that is something that's unique with colorectal cancer. Typically, once we begin to see symptoms of colorectal cancer, which may include uh, changes in the caliber of the stool. So in sort of having a, a normal size stool, an individual over time may develop a smaller caliber stool, maybe the size of a, a pencil, for example. Abnormal pains, weight loss, blood in the stool. These are some of the symptoms of colorectal cancer. And just because you have one of those symptoms does not mean that you have colorectal cancer. But the take-home point is typically symptoms of colorectal cancer is sort of late. So we want to be sure that we're on time with screening for colorectal cancer so that we're positioned for early detection and treatment. Remember, early detection is always better than late detection. One last question, Dr. Robinson. What do you want our listeners to take away from this conversation? I want them to take away, again, we talked about chronic kidney disease and some of the major drivers of chronic kidney disease. And those big drivers uh, include uncontrolled high blood pressure and uncontrolled diabetes. But we also talked about the early stages of chronic kidney disease being somewhat silent, so you may not have symptoms. So again, it's important to ensure that you're getting screened for chronic kidney disease. And if you have some challenges in terms of management of your blood pressure or diabetes, or a diagnosis of chronic kidney disease, if you're taking the appropriate steps to improve your health, that's really, really important. I'll also note that there have been some changes with regard to the monitoring of kidney function that have been promulgated in the last few years. Some of your listeners may be familiar with the estimated glomerular filtration rate, or EGFR, which for many years had a race modifier applied to it. And what that essentially resulted in was that for the African-American population, their EGFR was artificially increased, which means that they would be detected at a later stage in terms of the development and progression of chronic kidney disease, and also adversely affected their eligibility for kidney transplants. Uh, so this is something that's been widely known and widely discussed within the healthcare community. And then we finally moved in the direction of removing that race modifier so that African-Americans are not treated differently than all other subpopulations with regard to the 
monitoring of their kidney function and the diagnosis of chronic kidney disease. So from a health literacy perspective, I think it's important for African-American population as they look at their laboratory results and their EGFR and have conversations with their doctor that they ensure that the rates modifier is not being applied to their EGFR because that can impact them in a negative way, which means they would get referred to a nephrologist later than they should if they're having kidney issues and would also potentially impact their eligibility for kidney transplants. And that's something that's being addressed on a systemic level with regard to the transplant piece. But again, just knowledge is power uh, and it's important. Uh, And this is one of those areas where we're still trying to make those changes throughout the healthcare system and throughout you know, all hospitals and laboratories and doctors, and that process hasn't completed itself. But we want our patients uh, and members of the community to be in position to be great advocates for themselves and great advocates for those that are in their family and in their communities. Thank you very much, Dr. Robinson. I really appreciate your time today. You're welcome. It was a pleasure being with you. And again, uh, we're delighted to continue to have this partnership with the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois. What better time to focus on your health and your family's health than now? If you're planning to attend the Illinois State Fair, you can have fun and check some healthcare items off your list. If you want more information about what's happening at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, go to bcbsil.com or visit one of their Blue Door community centers in a neighborhood near you. This episode was sponsored by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois. I'm Monica Fox, and this is The Journey Continues. Prevention's a key part of our mission at the Kidney Foundation. That's why at the end of each episode, Dr. Melissa Prest offers a health tip. Bright lights, a mix of flavors and aromas, weird food combinations, sounds like you're at a fair or a festival, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist with today's nutrition tip. Eating and drinking are often the main activities of attending different fairs and festivals, and oftentimes the foods available are not ones that you would or should routinely consume. That doesn't mean you can't enjoy sampling the foods offered. To make the best of your fair or festival experience, keep these strategies in mind. Stay hydrated. Water is your best option, and if you choose to consume something with sugar or alcohol, keep the sizes small and limit to one to two drinks. Survey the food options before choosing which food to purchase. Get a main entree and a side option. Think a taco and corn on the cob. Savor sweet treats and interesting food combinations with a friend. Share those treats and foods within your group. And with vegetables and fruit options limited, make sure to eat a plant-rich meal before and or after you attend the fest or fair. With today's nutrition tip, I'm Melissa Prest, a registered dietitian nutritionist and the foundation dietitian for the National Kidney Foundation of Illinois.